0: Hello and welcome to the Old Hat Podcast, the very first ever Old Hat Podcast. Well, not really because I've been trying to get this right for a while now. So The first one was a lot of facts and figures and trying to convince you why I wanted to have a podcast and that didn't make any sense. And the second one, which got deleted at some point because my computer shut itself off, was kind of a mercy killing for it. Uh, Wasn't very good, didn't like it either. The third one was okay. I kind of liked the third one. I thought, hey, my beta testers might like this one. But then I got to thinking about it and went, you know what? I think we can do better. So why not just try and do the very best podcast that we can from the beginning? So I'm trying to get it right one final time. And that would still make this the first ever podcast, especially if it's the first one I release as a podcast. So uh, in typical old hat fashion, it has to be brought to you by the coffee producers of the world because I'm supporting all of them. I would like to have their names and social security numbers to put on my tax return as dependents, because I think I'm doing my part. Uh, You know, and overall, my year so far, I guess I could tell you the goal of my year is to stop overlooking the obvious. Quit ignoring obvious answers to questions. And one of the obvious answers was, should should I podcast? Absolutely. So here we are podcasting because it was an obvious thing to do. Welcome, as I said, to the beta testers. Some of you are volunteers, and I appreciate you. Some of you were voluntold, and I appreciate you. It's a word I think I'm pretty sure I learned from Amber. Uh, you, sometimes you you just are get, you, you know, you have to do things because you've been told to, but you're kind of a volunteer because you're not getting paid for it, but you were voluntold, not volunteered. So that's where some of you came from. I'm glad you're all here. Hope you enjoy this. This is kind of an experiment, and you are kind of the guinea pigs. We don't know exactly where this is going to go, but we have some big plans for it and, and are looking forward to seeing what happens with it. We're starting with the Old Hat Podcast, which is just me telling stories and giving advice and maybe inspiration, some encouragement. Uh, what we're hoping for is that uh, you guys will give us a little feedback and say, hey, I like this part. Dude, quit rattling paper, wear a different shirt. Those are things that I found out already. Quit saying, um, you don't realize how lazy you are in your speech until you start having to listen to recordings of yourself. And then you go, wow, dude, you say, um, a lot. And I was doing this weird thing, kind of a clicking thing. I don't know what that's about, but I've started catching myself doing it and going, why did you do that, man? I don't even know where that mannerism came from. So I'm trying to get rid of that. But I won't make any particular promises about the podcast other than uh, I'm going to try not to be boring. I'm mindful that uh, you never know how an experiment's going to go. You guys may call back and go, dude, please don't talk into a microphone anymore. Stick with your day job. Because sometimes ideals don't work. Uh, I remember a friend of mine um, worked at Walmart back when they first started with uh, selling food. It was a brand new ideal to have actual food in a Walmart they'd never done that before if you can remember that far back and my friend Ken retired from Walmart as an executive vice president but he started as just a buyer in the food the brand new food department he came from this little grocery chain out in California you may have heard of called Safeway and he had been a meat buyer out there and he ended up on staff at Walmart and one day they're you know they're busy trying to put all this thing together and it's kind of exciting something new And he said, Mr. Sam, Sam Walton walked through the the department pushing this cart and the cart had stacked on it cages and each cage had a guinea pig in it. And he went to each person's desk and he set a cage on it and he gave everybody in the room a a, a guinea pig in a cage. And he said, look, remember, this is just an experiment. You people don't need to get mortgages based on this job because this may not work. You don't need to make a lot of plans based on this paycheck because... It could go away. It's a great story when kid tells it, and can you just imagine that? Well, that's kind of what we're doing here. It's it's an experiment. You're the guinea pigs. It might work, though, and who knows where it could go. I'm going to answer the question, why a podcast, even though you've not been asking it, because for me, I just kind of want to record some of this stuff. My main thing that I like about it is the personal interaction. I loved Zanga. A lot of you guys came here from Zanga, too. Um, That's where we met. And I just enjoyed how much personal interaction there was at Zanga. And I knew people from all different walks of life that thought all different kinds of things. And yet the beauty of that personal interaction was finding things we had in common. You know, when Zanga went away and and I ended up at Facebook and a lot of you found me from Zanga, you found me in Facebook and that was great. But I find that Facebook is become, at least, more about finding something we can disagree about. We're looking for some somebody to argue with online, it seems like. That's not my thing. I don't like that. I think you all know that argument is not my favorite hobby. I like to talk to people. I have friends on every side of the political perspective, from anarchist to you name it. Um, there are a couple of communists on there, as well as some Republicans and Democrats and everything in between. I don't think there's any hardcore Nazis out there, although anything is possible. But again, that's not my goal. That's not what I like talking about. But I like the interaction aspect of it. I like uh, the idea that it leaves your hands and eyes free. I don't know what you do if you're on a long phone call. I play solitaire on my computer. If I'm on the phone for a long time, I am doing something. I've probably got solitaire up. You know, you can't, I'm not one of those people that can write something else while I'm talking to you, but I can keep my hands busy. I like to Fiddle with stuff. I've got my desk covered with all kinds of things, so that I can always have something in my hands that's kind of quiet that I can do in the meantime. I like listening to things because that way I can keep my hands and eyes busy. The other, oh, see there, that was that was that click. Did you hear that? I gotta quit doing that. So hold me accountable to that one. The the statistics. I won't bore you with the statistics, but I am one of those guys that likes to know you know trends and what's going on in which direction. I was looking at the difference between blogging because I thought about blogging again. Get a lot of requests for that. Thought about books. Get a lot of requests for that. Thought about YouTube videos because there's a lot of opportunities for that. We're out at the ranch. We're camping. Emmy Lou the Wonder Dog is a lot of fun to watch. But time when you look at how people spend their time on those three things—blogs, videos, and um, podcast—the numbers are they're amazing. They don't people spend a couple of minutes on a blog. They must read faster than I do. People spend an average of four minutes on a video on YouTube. So there's uh, there's four minutes. That's what you get, four minutes. So keep it short. It's like kind of like a song on the radio back in the day, right? Uh, and then there's podcast. And the average listener that listens to a podcast listens for 24 minutes. That is a huge difference. And I would love to spend 24 minutes talking to you. I think that's great. I like that. The other thing is how many are there out there? And there's 600,000 podcasts roughly at the moment. That's really, that sounds like a big number until you hear that there are 5 billion videos on YouTube right now. 5 billion versus 600,000. That's a huge difference. And so I think there's an opportunity there, uh, you know, to spend some quality time together to talk about some fun stuff when you're doing something else. Whether that's driving to work or playing solitaire or washing dishes, cooking dinner, whatever it is time we can spend together. And they say, podcasters give you about 24 minutes. I think that's, that's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. And it's, uh, you know, I've taken a lot of good advice as I've, as I've pursued this, we've got some really top of the line equipment. So the quality will be there. Uh, we're not recording this on our iPhones because we don't have iPhones anymore, but we're not just talking into, uh, you know, there's an awful lot of people out there that are that are podcasting in really, really basic formats. And I just really wanted this to be pleasant to listen to. And so we went, with, uh, we went with good advice and they said, look, you've got to get this, you've got to get that, and we can talk about any of that stuff if you're interested to it. But I have a little uh, sound studio set up here in my office at the moment. It's portable though, so we might podcast from, who knows, Caprock or The Ranch or your house. There's just no telling where we can take this. And I'm looking forward to your advice about it as well, what you want to hear, what you want to talk about. uh, and, And there's a way to incorporate some of your thoughts and questions into this in a spoken word format as well. And I'm waiting on an opportunity to get some more advice on how to do that. And then hosting and all that stuff, I've got a meeting next week with somebody that's going to help me figure all of that out. So I'm taking good advice. And I have a history of taking good advice. It doesn't always mean that I do the right thing but I do take good advice. Um, Years ago it's 26 degrees outside my window today um, which is really uncommon here in Texas. Yesterday morning it was 73 degrees in the morning and the air conditioning was running when I got up and then today it's 26 degrees and we keep bumping the heat up because we're freezing to death in the house. That is really unusual weather for us. Well you know, the change isn't 73 to 26 is not that abnormal for us, but but we'll do that in 24 hours. And in some places, you know, it's, what was it, negative 50 in Indiana last week? We, we never do that. I doubt that it's ever been that here, and certainly not in my lifetime. The coldest winter, I remember, was probably 89, 90, somewhere around there. And it was below freezing 30 days in December that year, which doesn't sound, I mean, some of you just go, dude, that's called winter. Well, down here, it's called the apocalypse. We never have that much cold for that long, and we're not prepared for it. Everybody's pipes broke. Nobody could fix them for 30 days because they didn't thaw out enough to fix them. Uh, I've been in livestock barns in Minnesota, and they are better insulated than most of our houses here in Texas. I mean, we don't even have livestock barns, really. We have barns on our ranches, but we don't put our cows in them for the most part. We might you know, have a little area where we can crowd a few of them up under the shade to get them out of the sun, but we just don't have indoor livestock barns anything like they do in Minnesota, for instance. So at the ranch, we had about, the Sassy Ranch was about 3,000 acres, and we had three hundred, three hundred and fifty mama cows. That's the technical term, mama cows. Some reports will call it a cow calf operation. None of us ever called it that. It's cow calf operation, is too big a word. We call it. We got mama cows. That's what we had. So we had about three hundred fifty mama cows, and some of them had already started having babies. And then we had about four hundred, maybe five hundred stalker calves. So those are big calves that are maybe four or five hundred pounds. You. What you do is you you feed them until they're about 600 pounds, and then you sell them to the feedlot. You know, that's what you buy at the grocery store eventually. Uh, Well, we decided it was so cold. I was looking around trying to figure out, you know, how do I I protect my livestock from this weather? And I decided just to open most of the gates and just let them decide where it was warm. Because I just, you know, I don't know. uh, Let them spread out and do what they want. Maybe they'll do better in small groups instead of all lumped together. I don't know. We'll just let them decide, though. They're pretty smart. And so, I had a gate in between, so the cows and the calves didn't mix with the stocker calves, because if you did, that'd be a disaster, because the the mama cows that had had babies recently, some of the stocker calves would surely try to nurse on them, and somebody would get hurt, and it would be bad for the mama cow, and it would be bad for the baby calf, and so we just kept them separate, but other than that, we opened all the gates and just let them go. One of the reasons we had to do that is because there was not enough water, Uh, all the All the water troughs froze solid. I've never seen that before, never seen it since. And again, here in East Texas, we don't even have heaters. They don't even sell heaters for water tanks here. We wouldn't have electricity to run them if if we did. So kind of the Wild West in that sense. But we had a great big lake on the side where the stocker calves were. And we had a a live creek called Black Creek on the the side of Horde Hill where the mama cows were. So everybody could get something to drink until it all froze. And so every day I was putting out hay and every day I was breaking ice on the lake. It never froze all the way across, but you had to go down there and you had to break the ice at the edges to keep the calves from walking out onto it, which is a terrible problem. You don't want to have to fish frozen beef out of your lake. And then with the cows, the the creek froze over and I couldn't break it with an ax. There was no, I mean, the ax would just bounce. It was so frozen and so I'd go in there to the pastures and I'd drop off the hay bales and then I'd uh, break open the ice with the hay spear on my tractor, just drop it down on it real hard and poke a hole. And then the water would flow out. And so I'd poke several holes and the cows would stand on the creek on the ice and just lick up the water that ran out. It was so cold. There was real concern that we wouldn't have enough feed to get through winter because we were having to feed extra and everything was frozen. And so you had to put out a lot of hay And we were up the Liars Club one day, which is just the coffee shop. We called it the Liars Club for reasons, I'll tell you someday. But uh, there was a lot of lying that went on there. But it was mostly just guys that, uh, that's the only place we saw anybody for the work day. And some guys, that's the only place they ever saw anybody was at the little coffee shop. You get sandwiches, buy diesel, feed, get your taxes done, small engine repair. You you know the country places, right? It's one of those. And... uh, We were talking about how to stretch our hay because we were all worried about running out. And an old man named J.R. Dossett said, well, boys, if you'll unroll the round bells, uh, you'll use more of it because all the cattle can get to it at once, which is a good thing. And then, um, you know, they don't mess as much of it up. They don't stomp it down. They don't fight over it. And so that's a good thing. In the really cold weather, when they're all fighting for food, the ones with horns win, right? So you worry about your polled cattle not getting enough to eat. You worry about your small cattle not getting enough to eat. So unrolling it made sense. So we all started doing that. Brilliant, it worked. Everybody got to eat. They ate pretty quick. They all got full faster, and you didn't waste as much hay. You didn't have to put as much out, right? Because they could all get to it on just a couple of rolls. So that was a great help. Well, one day I was... uh, just so busy breaking ice and and putting out hay that i didn't get to the liars club just didn't make it up there which you know me it's unusual for me not to go somewhere that has coffee (laughs) and so gene and cindy that ran the place started worrying hey has anybody seen james anybody seen him i hadn't seen him have you seen him Have you seen and so a couple of guys said well we'll go down to his place and we'll look for him and they drove out there and, and i was just coming around um out of the pasture where I kept my hay and driving onto the road that leads down to where the mama cows were. And these boys saw me and they went to the gate, the one gate in the middle that was closed and they opened it to let me through. And man, I was grateful because I was frozen solid up on that tractor. No cab on my tractor at that time. And I was tired and I was just worn out and not in a very good mood. Um, Just, I don't like the cold that much apparently. So I go over to where the mama cows are hanging out around an old Dutch roof barn there, and I drop the first bale and drive a little way, and I drop the second bale, and then I climb down. And these boys are kind of easing over, but they're staying kind of far back because the cows are all milling around. They're my cows, so they don't mind me. I cut the strings on the first bale, and I pull the strings out from under it, and then tear a little bit off the side to get it started, and then I push it out to unroll it. And I just push it across the pasture, and the cows all line up and eat, and I pick up the strings and tie them in a knot and head to the other bale and one of the guys that had come down there, he's an old coon hunter. He he was a cowboy as well, but he was kind of a part time cowboy and a full time raccoon hunter. That was his sport. And he said, James, what on earth are you doing? And I did not like the tone of question the tone of the question, apparently. And I turned around and I said, I'm unrolling the hay bale like Jay Doss had said to. What's it to you? Why? Why do you ask me that? <laughs> He said, well, uh, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what he said, and yeah, we, yes, you are unrolling it, but, um, and I'm like, what, what's your problem? He said, well, it's just most of us, you know, we use a tractor to unroll it, and I stared at him, <laughs> it never occurred to me to do that, and I looked at the other guy, and uh, just, a, just a tall, lanky country boy. And I looked at him and he looked at me and realized I was asking him a question. He said, Lord, I can't even take the strings out without a time to the tractor and jerk them out that way. No, sir, I'd never thought about pushing a hay bale with my hands. It never occurred to me to push one with a tractor, but they weighed about 1,500 pounds. So with the tractor, it probably made a lot of sense. I did switch to that. So I do take good advice, but the execution isn't always there. So I'm trying a little harder on this podcast ideal. To not just take good advice, but to ask better questions. Oh, unroll the hay? Great. How? I'm asking that next question these days. And some of that is asking you, what do you think? And how do you think this should go? Because I think there's an awful lot of opportunity in this kind of experiment. I know in reading up and talking to people that have started podcast and reaching out to some of the guys that are, you know, they, they claim to have all the answers for podcast, And maybe they do. We're talking about it. Some of them have different answers, so I think there are options here, but most of them have similar stories. They say, well, once we got enough people subscribing, book publishers showed up and said, hey, man, could you write a book for us? That would be exciting because, uh, you know, a lot of people have been asking for the old hat book, and most of the stories are written. It would just be finding a publisher that wanted to give me a million-dollar signing bonus, and this is apparently a way to get publishers interested in what you're doing. And then videos. We talked about that. I mean, gosh, we could spend a lot of time at the ranch. We do a lot of fun stuff out there, and uh, we go camping a lot. And who knows? We've got a lot of things we could shoot videos of. We just keep them short, and that'd be a lot of fun. And then, and then you know, we could have events and adventures. You know, we can have parties. Like a lot of these guys end up doing uh, speaking events where they get. Uh, they get brought in as keynote speakers for businesses or whatever. And when they, so they get called to Chicago for the weekend or something for some sort of event. And while they're there, they'll say, hey, we're going to put together a, a, a mix and mingle, a meet and greet kind of thing for everybody that listens to the podcast. And so there's a lot of that going on. And I think that sounds a lot of fun because, again, it's that personal interaction. But I have to tell you, the thing I'm most excited about is the online community. You know, a lot of these guys, when they set these things up, they end up setting up an online forum uh, like chat room. So everybody that's listening can come there and talk to you and you've all got something in common. Um, and I love that. That would be a lot of fun. And I really am looking forward to that. I think we could probably start on that with some Skype groups or something. It's just a lot of different things we could do that could be fun. So be thinking about those things. They, they may all work and they may, some of them work and they may not all work together you know, maybe like s'mores. You like s'mores? I always take the stuff to make s'mores whenever we go camping. You know, you got to have graham crackers and, and uh, Hershey bars and marshmallows and campfires, right? Love campfires. Love graham crackers. Get in trouble for stealing graham crackers out of the kitchen even now. Uh, Hershey bars are good. I like roasted marshmallows. Not too many, but I like them. Uh, when you put them all together, right, you get a s'more. I think that is the worst tasting thing in the world. I love all the parts, but I hate all together. We we'll always take them when we go camping and I invite all the neighbors over. And if they have kids, we always have a big crowd of kids come over and we help everybody make s'mores and they love them. And I get the joy of uh, sitting around chatting with people and telling stories and you know, giving away f- s'mores, but I don't actually have to eat any of them. And that's a, that's a great thing for me. I just sit over here and drink my coffee and be perfectly happy. So we'll see how this goes, if it's a s'more or if it's individual parts that work better alone. But we'll go from there. Uh, as far as, you know, stories go, they're kind of endless. You know, we, we've, Lisa and I sat down and my lovely bride and I sat down and came up with a list of all the potential topics, you know, all the different stories from all the different, to, uh, I don't mm-hmm. know, epochs of our life. We have, we we run into people often that we know, but when we get through talking to them and go our separate ways, we look at each other and go, now, which life did we know them from? Did we know them from church? Did we know them from the cattle business? Did we know them from, you know, what lifetime was it that we uh, were hanging around with those folks? And so a lot of different stories to tell. I have made a lot of mistakes in my life, and that's how you learn to give good advice, right? I can help you at least avoid the problems that I've had. And the other thing is encouragement. I can spend some time every day telling you you're awesome. I could spend a lot of time every day telling you that you've overcome so much. You've worked so hard and you've never quit. And I'm really proud of you. And I have no problem telling you that in this format. And I think it'd be good for you to hear it. Because it's one thing to read it off a postcard or off the internet or something. But man, to have some guy in your ear going, you can do this. I believe in you. I have faith in you. I trust you with these hard decisions. That's powerful stuff. And I'd like to do a lot of that. There you go. That's the first ever Old Hat Podcast. And you got to hear it first as my beta testers. So uh, years ago, I spoke to about, I don't know, four or 500 people at an event in Arkansas. And uh, Bob Mann, Bob Robert Mann said, well, here's James Chambliss, and all of you know him. He's going to come and talk to you. He's a man who uh, needs no introduction, but he can really use a good conclusion. And that's kind of how I feel about this podcast thing. I know how to get started, and I know what to do in the middle bits. I'm not sure what to do here at the end, except to say this was a lot of fun, and I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you again soon. <laughs>